heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Episode number 20, guys, we made it. We are in the 20s. This is episode 20 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. And also, too, it marks two returns. The return of the three-man pod and the return of Phil Nightmare 10 once again. And also, too, we got making his YWC Football Talk podcast debut at Matt That's Who, Matt Beast. He is here. We're going to talk everything. Phil's going to give us Cam Newton advice and uh, his thoughts on that. Matt's here to talk about the NFC South and his beloved Saints. And we got a whole lot more. And we also got a big trade to talk about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 20 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. And welcome back, everyone, to episode number 20 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Today, like I said earlier, I'm joined back again. Phil, once again, is making his return to the podcast. Podcast world, it's your boy Nightmare Ten, and making his podcast debut is Matt Beast. Matt, that's who. Fourteen nineteen. Fourteen nineteen. Matt Beast. Fourteen nineteen. And Matt, that's who. Call what you want. We got a Saints fan on the pod today. Yes, sir. How's it going, everybody? Who that? Shout out to my Who that Nation out there, and shout out to all everyone who loves football. We're getting closer and closer. I mean. Yes. Uh, no preseason officially. There, all the preseason games are gone, so uh, we're just waiting for the regular season. And uh, just give me one quick second, guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I said some, and we're back, guys. Sorry, guys. Some technical issues, but um, yes, like we said, Matt. Shout out for uh, football coming back six weeks. I know there's no status quo, and especially with the bad situation that's going on with Major League Baseball, we don't exactly know what's going to happen. But you know what? I'm I'm staying confident and positive that there will be a complete NFL season in 2020. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I mean, before the baseball thing started, obviously. I mean, I think now it's just so quick because 2020 is just like, we were talking about this a little bit before the recording. It's like 2020 is just a hot mess right now. So you kind of want to, you're, you're, I think everybody's kind of negative, but like you got to kind of convince yourself to be positive a little bit. So uh, um, I mean, sometimes you have to convince yourself. You get what I'm saying? But yeah, so like I'm, just going to be positive and say football is going to happen and that baseball is going to get it together and baseball is going to continue as well. So it's, uh, I don't ever watch the baseball. Well, I watch like opening day and stuff like that, but I've even watched, been watching some baseball. So it's like, I need my sports. So (laughs) I need my football for sure. Uh, To mix with my NASCAR. You guys completely lose me on the baseball. That's uh, (laughs) definitely not something I watch. (laughs) See, I only watch it. I'm a very casual, casual baseball fan. So, too many, they usually have too many games, but 60 is a little bit less, so that's more like, you know, so maybe, um, but football for sure, college and, college and, and pros, and um, I, hope they're, I hope we have both, but I'm, I'm not so sure we're getting college. Yeah, and um, what was I going to say, but there, football, NFL is a one sport, man, it's 16 games, I need my Sunday fix in the fall, like, oh, just be, for everything bad that's happened this year, I've, that's the one thing I've been looking forward to is the start of the football season. And plus, like I like, I've got to have my fantasy. Like I, I just did my first mock draft uh, today, just because I haven't been looking at it at all. And it's like it's just getting hype. My my leagues are starting to like form, and they're, they're trying to figure out now. Getting no preseason, you know, all that going on. And so it's like, 
Um, and it's like with the podcast, it's like I want to be able to start like, hey, here's my mock draft. You know, here's uh, if you know that would be a good idea. I don't know if Griff had, th- had planned to do that, but I think that would be kind of a good idea to do a podcast edition, fantasy you know edition. But um, but anyways, and I'm sure we will. But like that, like you know, like when do you plan that? You know, it's like you know, you don't know what to do. There's no preseason. You guess the first game's the first, you know, September, like it always is. But you know. <laughs> So. That is one thing I want to do, though, is I do want to do a football podcast about fantasy, basically saying who to draft, who not to draft, and stuff like that. But um, before we talk about fantasy football and everything else, and this doesn't affect any of our teams directly, but we got a trade involving a very high-profile NFL player. Um, let me just pull up the full details, but uh, Jamal Adams has been dealt. That is right. Um, the deal we all have been done, thank God he didn't go to the Dallas Cowboys, but, yes, I say that for many, many a reason. Because they got it See ya! <laughs> yes. Got the trade right here. The Jets have traded Jamal Adams in a fourth in 2022 to Seattle in exchange for safety Bradley McDougal, a first round in 2021, a third round pick in 2021, and a first in 2022. So, in, in, uh, I don't know if you... I'll, I'll go first, since I, I'm a big mouth. Um, huge... Okay. Trade, right, Matt? I mean, yeah. Um, the way, the way I look at it is, uh, I mean, Jamal Adams, he's a very versatile safety, but I mean, safety isn't like one of the big profile positions you absolutely need. It's more of a uh, luxury kind of position to have in the NFL these days. Um, but I mean, Seattle gave away two first round picks, but I mean, to be honest, if you look back at Seattle's first round draft picks, I mean, they don't really know what they're doing with their draft process most of the time. They just always like reach for some name that they have like really high on their board. So I guess if you look at it that way, they didn't really give up that much. But I mean, getting two firsts well, and a st- and a player that the Jets can just plug into that position. I mean, granted, it's not Jamal Adams. I mean, I mean, it's a starting in caliber safety. But uh, I think the Jets uh, they they got quite a good deal. Um, I mean, I think you that you said it awesome, Matt. Actually. You, re- you took my thoughts exactly, and I think the biggest thing is it depends on who the team was. So I've, I'm glad that you kind of analyzed that part of it because I think a lot of people just say two first, oh my god, you know, and uh, and freak out. But I think, well, first of all, two first is insane for a safety, like you said. I but that's the Jets. But the Jets getting two is beneficial no matter who it's coming from because Russell Wilson gets hurt. Maybe that turns into a hot. Maybe Russell Wilson doesn't last until the second pick. I mean, lots lots can happen, okay? COVID has proven that anything can happen. So, I mean, so I think that the Jets did really well. He's a big mouth. He ran his mouth. Get him out of there. Um, I I just don't have time for Divas, Diva wide receivers. I'm sorry. I'm going to always be against that. And he's not a receiver. He's a safety. But um, Diva players in general that talk out of context. Now, sometimes I'm not saying that I'm merited to do that because I understand owners – you know, the whole owner owner thing and the business side of things. So I totally get that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, to Matt Pease's point about Seattle, like Seattle's pretty much, I mean, I'm not saying Russell Wilson's at the end of his career. I can't off the top. Griff, if you could look this up, um, how long Griff, how long Griff, how long Russell Wilson has been in the league. I'm pretty sure he's still got, you know, he's still got a ways to go. Obviously Brady's still playing, but I mean, so like, I don't think this is like, Oh, well, you know, we're going, ham you know but i think that they think that they're missing a piece and they're willing to risk like you said picks that they're reaching they feel like they're reaching anyway and if they're gonna if they're in their mind which is what they should do if they think they're gonna go down 
or be in the lower half of the. I mean, if this was New England, would New England, no, everybody be like, okay, they're getting like in the low twenty pick, you know, or maybe thirty. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, in the past, you know what I'm saying. But or like the Saints, like they're not high picks, so it's not. I mean, yeah, it's two first, but you know, what are you going to do with them? Kind of thing. So I think the team uh, actually matters in that in that regard. I think both teams come out better in my in my opinion. Uh, I would not give up two first, no matter who I am, for a safety, but that's just me. The only way I can see the well, I, right now the deal is even. The Jets will just end up winning this deal in the long term, in my opinion, if Jamal does not re-sign with the Seahawks. So say if he ends up, and I only said the Dallas Cowboys because, as we all know, he's got the tattoo of the D, I believe, the Dallas Stars logo on him, and two, he's from the Dallas metropolitan area. But that's the only reason I could see for if they lose. I'm only throwing out the Cowboys just because it's one of those things where you could see him going there. But to um, to the credit as well, um, just to touch on the Russell Wilson stuff, he's only 31. He'll be 32 in November, and he's only going into his ninth season in the league. So, and especially for guys seeing now that the quarterback position does have longevity. Like if you look at Brady and Wilson, if Wilson's saying right now he wants to play into his 40s, the Seahawks have at least another 10 years. But you're right in the sense of uh, okay, that's a little stretch. I think I think he's got at least like guaranteed he's got four. Oh yeah, like four years. Like he's in the prime of his career right now. He's got at least four years of prime left. Said there, but yeah. But the big thing with this uh, Seahawks team too is that, like Matt said, the safety position's a luxury. So you're going to see a different defensive scheme because we can clearly tell that Seattle's trying to recreate the le- the Legion of Boom. I almost said Legend, um, because we all know even last year too, we saw in the Green Bay playoff game that their defense is just not the same as what it was like five six <laughs> years ago. Now you got a much different Seattle team that's going to be more heavy offensive reliant, but this also too makes the NFC West, in my opinion, the best division in football. The, the NFC West, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got. I mean, we'll have to see what the Cardinals do this year, but um, they added stuff and Murray. I'm really big on Murray, so um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But yeah, so I mean, the one thing I was going to say though, so it's something that you said, Griff, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. <laughs> the last, something last, the last thing you said about. Uh, something with Adams. Anyways, I already forgot what the re- but, what they're trying to recreate the Legion of Boom with the no no it was before that it was something I want to say it was something oh contract related that's right yeah so I agree with what you're saying about him being a free agent um but most of the time now I don't know anything of they have nothing has been said so this is just speculation and based on history a lot of times they don't that has to be in the trade that they have like they agree to a to like a sign and trade or trade a trade and sign kind of I guess yeah. It's usually what is, I mean, it's usually a sign trade, but in this case, it's, you know, the other way around. Um, well, the, well, the thing is, when you give up two firsts and such a high investment for a player to get him in the door, especially when it's only on a one-year deal, you're definitely going to re-sign him no matter what. And that gives Jamal Adams all the leverage. He's going to be right. the highest paid safety next go. year. There you go. Per- I couldn't I couldn't word it even per- more perfect, Matt. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> so he's got, they're, they're basically going to pay him whatever he wants. So the only issue would be, like Griff says, if he just doesn't want to play there, so. And I mean, he's a diva, so we'll see. Yeah. But the only way I can see it not working out, and this happened to them last year, which shout out uh, Phil's Gamecocks, but Jadavian Clowney, how he got traded there from Houston, and then he's not signed because the money he was asking for was way too much. That and that's he's just, not going to get that. Can I talk yeah. about that real quick? He's not going to get that money. Um, Clowney, you're not going to get that money, and I hope he decides to say, "I'll take less money and come to the Pats, baby." But if, if Clowney ends up saying... on the open market. Yeah. There is a reason. Because he wants too much money. And, and well, I won't get into that. So he's, just, he's just too injury prone at this point to want too much money. 
it's not just that. Clowney, Clowney's my guy, but he, on one play, if he decides, to, if he cares, he's a great. If he decides he doesn't care in that play, he's useless. Um, and that was a problem. That was a lot of questions he had in, in, in coming out of college, but he's still, if you, if you can get him to play in, in 80% of those games, you can get him to, you know, 80% of those snaps, you can get him to, to play, it's worth it. It's worth the risk. So I'm not condemning them drafting him first. I just, you know, being honest, you know. Yeah, no, 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 I get that. But that was just the only thing I was saying, too, with the Adams thing where I come in. Like, you're, you guys are right. Like, Adams does have all the leverage. And also, too, you're right. Like, with Schneider, with his first-round picks, he usually ends up trading them away on draft night anyway because he's been in the low 20s for – low, high 20s for about the last seven or eight years now. So, because of that, like, it's just good for him to trade. And I can't see Seattle saying they're going for it all this season. They're just trying to improve. And if they can add out – can re-sign Adams – I'm not saying that they're going to be that team where you see them as a legit Super Bowl contender because we know how heavy stack the NFC is, which we'll get into later. But it's showing that, you know what, Seattle's giving that team right there knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, and, and one thing to go, to go off of that, I, to correct myself, because you said something that I feel like I didn't clarify on, is that, like, when I mean, like, they're trying to win now, like, not just necessarily this season – but they're also trying to replace Earl Thomas. Like, they lost Earl Thomas. They haven't, I mean, like you said, they're trying to recreate that Legion of Boone. So, I mean, like, Earl Thomas not being on Seattle is just weird. Like, I still see him, seeing him in a Ravens uniform is still weird to me. So, um, but, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think they're trying to recreate that. And, look, that's what got them there. Pete Carroll's offense did not get them there. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and Pete Carroll's, arguably, I mean, I've always said the case, Pete Carroll cost them a Super Bowl. But, I mean, other people said, you could say it was Russell's fault, but I think it was Pete Carroll's fault. Um, you run the ball, and if you don't run there, but, you know, it is what it is. But, um, uh, so, yeah, so that's what I think. But hold on one second. Okay. You guys can keep going. That's all good. So, yeah, Matt. Um, I would like to raise – I would like to raise one point about it. Go ahead. Um, I haven't quite looked it up yet. I don't know what Seattle's run defense was like last year, but, I mean, Jamal Adams, he's one of the best run defending safeties definitely in the league. I mean, he had, like, more snaps at linebacker than he actually did at safety last year, if I saw that stat correctly on Twitter earlier. And, I mean, this is definitely going to help against teams like a San Francisco or maybe a team like a Arizona Cardinals where you're facing a Kyler Murray who's going to run or – Kenyon Drake or San Francisco, whoever they decide they're starting running back. We still really don't know. It's looking like it's going to be Raheem Mostert um, right now. But, yeah, I think this is definitely a play into that. I'm just trying to look here just to see, like, the basic uh, where Seattle was. But defensively last year, they were or team uh, opponent rushing yards per game. They were 22nd in the league. About It seems like they about averaged allowing 117 yeah, so this is team NFL team opponent rushing yards per game. So about uh, 117.3, which is 22nd in the league. The only teams below them were Arizona, Houston, Kansas City, Green Bay, Miami, Jacksonville, Carolina, Cleveland, Washington, and Cincinnati. So, okay, so that move definitely does make a lot of sense in that aspect. Yeah, but you're right, though. Like in, especially in a division, like you said, too, with Kenyon Drake, with a Raheem Mostert, um, in an NFC with uh, Green Bay with their, uh, I don't remember who's their running, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Uh, shout out your boy Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I'm only, I mentioned the playoff teams, uh, the playoff teams first, the teams I've seen it, but like guys like Saquon and Christian McCaffrey too, a little tougher to stop. And if you yeah. have a guy like Adams, it's making your life a whole lot right. better. 
Yeah, and I was going to say a great point to um, Matt Beast, like uh, bringing that up because they know they. I mean, if you look at what team won, uh, well, what, two teams actually proved last year that a run game can get you to the Super Bowl. Um, one just happened to fall up short because Matt Patrick Mahomes decided to just be super freaking and unreal. <laughs> so um, at the end of, end of that Tennessee AFC Championship or towards the end of the AFC Championship game, um, so I mean, you got Derrick Henry, who can we all we can all agree, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Carried that team and destroyed two of the t- the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, Pats are only favorites because because of, of Brady, but still, like you know, at the moment at that or in that defense. But I mean, like, and then coached the Kansas City and actually had the lead. So it's like then you have on the other end, what Jimmy Gro- Jimmy Grappolo had to throw like less than ten passes in the NFC Championship game. I believe was is that right? I think it was six, six in the NFC Championship game to win the game. So they know that what they need to do to win the game is to stop the is to stop the run. The only downfall to that is. This year, they may actually have to stop the pass to win the Super Bowl. With the Saints uh, going to be stronger uh, with Sanders and, and Thomas, and then we'll, we'll get into all that. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so since you brought that up, let's 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 go into the NFC South. Um, we have the reigning division champs, New Orleans Saints, but then obviously, like we know, there's a couple of new kids in town to the division. Well, actually, a few. Well, with Teddy Bridgewater now going to Carolina to be their quarterback. Jameis Winston going to New Orleans to be the backup. Brady and Gronk, obviously the big additions for Tampa Bay. And then Todd Gurley going to the NFC South. So, I'm going to ask the main expert on here in the NFC South. Uh, do you? I, I, I have them winning the division again, but do you see the Saints winning the division? Like, I know from a bias standpoint, I'd probably say yes, but I meant from like an act, like just from like a football, and that, from a football standpoint. Sorry guys, just had some uh, technical difficulties. Um but no, I just want let's just talk the NFC South. Um, Matt, what do you see for the division in 2020? Um, well, it's obviously a different landscape. Um, you have the team, um, humble brag here, the team that's won most regular season games in the past three years, the New Orleans Saints. Um, I mean, we've gone 11 and 5, 13 and 3, and 13 and 3. I could honestly see us. I mean, our team, hey, Matt, the depth Matt, on it. Matt, one, real quick, I got a dad that you're sorry. How many Super Bowls, though? Man, hey, the, the the playoffs have been rough. I mean, if I, I know, was, no, I know. I'll just give you a check. I'm if, sorry. If I was a drinker, man, I would be like drunk on Bourbon Street or something, like just dead or something. But um, I've been there. Not. Yeah, me too. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the Saints are obviously the favorites to uh, go uh, go ahead and win again. The the division, I'm saying. Um, mainly just because of the way the season has been. And, I mean, this roster is built for continuity. Um, there's not been much turnover there. I mean, the few for Malcolm Jenkins, he's been on the team before. Um, I think it's a slight downgrade to having him. I mean, he's his career and everything. The other key free agent, of course, is Emmanuel Sanders. And, I mean, look at him last year. He went to another team midseason and still picked up and was still doing really good on the 49ers. So, I, I think uh, this team is definitely built for a season like this, and we could just go out there. We have veteran presence. Of course, we have, uh, in my opinion, the best receiver in the NFL, Michael Thomas, um, on the team. So uh, that helps a lot when you have a guy who can just uh, catch all these passes and everything. And I think uh, I think the offense is just going to look really good with Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, who uh, I don't know if y'all know, but he caught nine touchdowns last year. That's a crazy That's stat. My boy. That's my boy. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a crazy stuff to look at. I mean, he's a really good uh, sleeper tight end uh, in fantasy leagues. People are sleeping on him because he's so old. But, um, 
I mean, I, I feel good about the team, um, but uh, um, I don't know if y'all want me to continue and just keep going on and on about the other teams. Um, well, uh, before we talk about the other teams, thanks. sorry to cut you off, Phil, but um, what do you think about the defense this year? Just because I know they're um, – and also, too, because the one thing I think you and I talked about briefly, too, is just what the – well, before we go defense, is the offensive line. Um, you said they're probably going to have McCray at center, and then they're going to make Ruiz into a, more of a guard position, correct? Yes, um, I'm not exactly sure what Sean Payton's going to be doing with them. I mean, we already cut Larry Warford, and uh, Sean Payton vocally was very upset with him at one point. And, I mean, once Sean Payton goes on record and starts uh, bad-mouthing you in a way, not really, like, saying it in such a negative sense, but saying, hey, you need to step it up, I mean, it, it's your, your time's coming. And, uh, of course, he was cut. We drafted Cesar Ruiz. I could see him shifting to a guard and taking over Larry Warford's spot. I could see McCoy doing the same thing. But, I mean, McCoy played center last year, and he was definitely a really good piece um, that we drafted in the second round last year at center. But uh, I'm very interested to see who they're going to go with. If I had to guess, I would say they just stick with McCoy at center for continuity's sake. But, uh, yeah, um, as far as the defense goes – um, I think they're still going to be really solid. Um, I will say um, the one key thing, um, if uh, if just something just bad happened, like if Demario Davis got hurt, the defense would just crumble because for the longest time the Saints had linebacker issues, and then we signed Demario Davis, who's been top five linebacker in the league. That might be kind of a, a surprising statement to some people, but I, I firmly believe he's a top five linebacker in the league. He's just so good. Um, but I think the secondary is still going to be solid with Lattimore and Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins that back there. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson is definitely someone everyone should watch. This guy is really electric on the field. And I feel like the D line, as long as they stay healthy, uh, Sheldon Rankins is coming back, uh, fully from an Achilles injury. He suffered two years ago and, uh, Cam Jordan still doing his thing. And I expect Marcus Davenport to make, make strides in year three. The other guys, I was going to say that I like too, is the linebacker you guys got out of Wisconsin, Zach Bond, and then um, who's yeah. the other guy? I like. Well, shout out, well, me, the Canadian here on the podcast, but the um, David. I'm, I'm blanking on his last name, but he's from David Onyemata. Daniel David Onyemata from the University of Manitoba. Yeah, and also to the other, like I was saying with Bond earlier, but yeah, no, Demario Davis. Once he got in there, he seems like apart from Cam Jordan, he's a very vocal guy and just has like he's also developed a more of a leadership role on the team too, which I. You always like to see with new guys coming in. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as far as my thoughts on the Saints, since we're just kind of going uh, per team right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Matt, you did an amazing job, by the way, um, oh, describing thanks. your team. That, that shows someone that knows, that's a fan of his team, but also knows his team very well. So, props to that. Um, knowing a little bit about the Saints, I, he pretty much nailed it on the head. <laughs> so, I'm not going to add on to that, but uh, as far as that goes. But, no, I mean, I think... I think the Saints are clearly the favorites to win that division. I've said that since day one, even before Tampa got what they got, and even after what Tampa got. And we'll get to Tampa, but um, I just think they're the best. The, the, the number one thing, and I, I think I've even t- said it to Matt Beast. I know I've said it on the podcast. Is and it sound. I know people are going to say it's cliche. They just need to get over the hump, and and the hump is get over the fact that you were screwed or not screwed. I mean, yeah, they were screwed once, but they. I mean, bottom line, you lost. You lost to the Vikings. Okay, so that what that didn't count. As a screw, you, you got you got beat. Um, so, man up. Oh, yeah. I agree. And move on. Like obviously, the other one they got screwed. I get it. But at the end of the day, I still say, Matt Beast, you could have still won that game. I know the game would have been over. I get that. But or 
we're not over, but they would have got a field goal or probably a touchdown. Well, definitely a touchdown, probably. But um, well, arguably, you know what I'm saying. So like that with that game, it's like you know I totally get Saints fans getting mad, but at some point when the next season starts, you got to get over it, you know. And I know that it's one of those things. But yeah, you know all that. It's the thing, same thing I always say to Raiders fans about the Tuck rule. It's like grow up, get over it. I mean, it was, I get it, but get over it. Um, yeah, so, like, I, that's my thing. I just, I think that that's a stigma. I just think Sean Payton, I've seen him in interviews, like, I, 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 Drew Brees in interviews, like, after those games. I don't know how they feel about it now. And not to mention, let's mention this, Drew Brees is going to have some kind of pressure on him, too, to be, like, a true leader this season because of the statements that he made, not to get political. But I'm just saying that he got heat. Whether he, I don't, not saying I agree or disagree with what he said. I'm just saying that that's going to, the spotlight's going to kind of be on him, if, if, that, if that makes sense. So, um, and Drew Brees, you know, if Jameis, you know, got Jameis as a back, backup, you know, there's could not pressure because Jameis Winston led the league in interceptions. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, th- I think this, there's just a lot of pressure on the Saints. And on top of that, they're literally in arguably one of the hardest divisions. Or And, and it, if you don't believe the hardest division, because, you know, the Panthers and Falcons are unsure, I mean, we'll get to those, but at least the hardest conference. Would we agree on that? Uh, outside of probably the NFC West. Okay, what? Well, no, say hardest conference, like NFC. Oh, conference. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. stupid. No, you're good. No, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Worse, so it's confusing. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, that's so I, you know, like I said, I could talk. About, I love honestly. My sister's a Saints fan. I, I liked it when I saw the Saints beat the Peyton, uh, Peyton Colts because anytime Peyton lost was good for me. So, so I love Drew Brees after ever since then. And Drew Brees is probably in the top top five as uh, favorite quarterback. So he's just a good guy. Um, so, anyways, and despite what went on, but we won't like I said, we won't get into that. But yeah, so like yeah, I, just, I think the Saints are clearly still going to be the favorites to win. I, I'm not breaking down their schedule yet. We'll get to that point uh, eventually. But um, just based off of you know last year, I just don't you know. I don't see how they don't they don't continue. And where did they get like? Yeah, uh, I think that was the wild card actually. Oh, wild card! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the wild card. And I mean, uh, I will admit that one. We just did not play good. Um, I will say, um, just as a result of that game, and if you go back and watch it, um, and and the whole year of last is momentum um you saw sorry guys if this is some dead airspace i might Internet's being really, really stupid today. Oh, um, so yeah. Sorry, guys. My, like I said before, my internet's backing up a little bit. We can keep going on. I uh, got hotspot going right now. Okay. But right, yeah, but go ahead, Matt. But uh, yeah, um, a lot of it is uh, the momentum player, like that Deontay Harris and Taysom Hill. I mean, they just make these splash plays and these special teams on the Saints. They used to be definitely a weakness, or we, we would. Uh, 
Jairus Bird would have to go out there and just wave down a fair catch, but now we actually have someone who can return kicks and everything. And we've had Will Lutz for a while, but he's one of the best kickers in the NFL, and for a while we struggled with that. And now we have this other guy who can just – he's the X factor, Taysom Hill. This guy can go out there, play blocking tight end. You can put him at tight end. You can put him at wide receiver, quarterback. It doesn't matter. He just he just does it all. So uh, here, Here's what I'll say to that, Matt, like the Taysom Hill thing. I get, like, why would you pay three three quarterbacks – you know that, to, and why would you take Drew Brees off the field? And, and things. I don't necessarily agree with like when he when Brees comes off the field completely. I would use him like have him in the field with Brees personally, but that's another debate anyway. But Taysom Hill, like you said, like who knows what he is in the locker room too? Like if he's a, if he's doing like one momentum does shift games, and like I know it's like not fancy plays, like you said, what it was a block punt or something, or he. Uh, yeah, it was a block punt, and we got a yeah. really good field position. Well, he blocked. I mean, yeah, block punt, or even like let's just say he makes a key block that nobody notices. Because I, I mean, that's to me, I think I think that's what we missed a lot with Gronk. He opened up the run game. But mm-hmm. um, so so yeah, like I agree with you. Like I mean, t- you know more about it than I do. I you know I basically see highlight reels of Taysom Hill. You know that kind of thing. Um, if I don't catch a Saints game, so. But I mean, yeah, I, I trust your your opinion on that, and if you think it was okay, I, I agree with you. So, but the one other thing I was going to say is the I can't remember the name that you said, but the linebacker thing. I think that was huge that you said that because I've said it over and over again, and people just kind of push it off because it's not fancy to say. But I say I, I told people why we lost against the Eagles. We did not have Dante Hightower, and the dude is a game changer on defense mm-hmm. he in my opinion is a top five linebacker in the league and i don't care if anybody disagrees it may not he may not go somewhere else and be like that i don't care in new england if we don't have high tower that defense is not the same same thing we had teddy brewski same thing you know what i'm saying so like and i assume that guy is the same with you guys i don't know him off the top of my head but i'm sure i've watched him obviously but the, you take him out different different defense doesn't matter if everyone around yeah. him, around him is good and i assume that guy is the same way so that was a great point Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with both of you, but like, and also to Phil's point, I still say one of the biggest plays of Super Bowl Fifty One was the high tower strip sack of Matt Ryan. Um, but on another note, just with like the Saints, they have it all. Like they have this team that hopefully, and that was something I brought up on last week's show at Big Rat was, will the Super Bowl be played in Tampa Bay in front of fans come February? Because we don't know where. Like February is still a long ways away to where it's just scary to think six months from now we don't even know what the world's gonna be like. Um. But for the most part, no. This team's a team to win in a competitive competitive division. Um, it's just, I don't I, like. I'm right. Like you're right before where you're saying we don't know what Carolina is going to be, but I assume Carolina will be probably in the top ten in the draft again next spring. And then Atlanta too. Atlanta is the whole wild card in this because we could either see a resurgent Atlanta Falcons team. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. They're not contending for the Super Bowl or anything. But we could potentially have this Atlanta Falcons team that you know what could make some noise and be that like shit disturber team where they're just on the outside looking in let me say let me say something to that real quick though like shoot i agree 100 i agree 100 i honestly believe what'd you say 100 percent. shoot no yeah i, I yeah 100 like i legit agree with you that i honestly right now honestly and we said i've said this on the podcast before i was like to make it clear so excuse me so people don't like you know, crucify me, for, crucify me for it. But today, if you're asking me today, I think three players, three teams from the uh, NFC South could easily make the playoffs. And I think those three teams, if I'm, if you're begging me, if you're asking me, are the Bucks, the Saints, and the uh, or Saints, the Bucks, and the uh, and the Falcons? Because the Falcons, by the way, uh, 
don't have Kyle Shannon in hand anymore, <laughs> Joe Cardis. And what and and it just took them it's taken them a while, so they had a rough year. But rough year aside, Matt Ryan's stats were not bad. If you look at the stats, Matt Ryan's stats were not bad. He did not play bad. Um they just didn't I don't know what really what their problem is. I don't think their defense is very good. But um They're also very they're they've been very banged up the last two years as well, you could argue. And, and they got rid of Ho- Hooper and got a better tight end that was is still very young. It's almost like they drafted him. My boy Hayden Hurst, and he's gonna light it up. I'm calling that right now. Draft him in fantasy. Hayden Hurst is gonna light it up with Matt Ryan. I'm calling it. Uh he got he got hidden in, in Baltimore. I'm gonna go on a rant, sorry, I'll stop. But <laughs> I'm just saying, Hayden Hurst is a beast and I I'm telling you he's gonna have a big year. Called it here. So um I like I love that that what Griff said about Atlanta. I can't agree more. Uh, one thing I will say about the Panthers though, um I don't think they're gonna be a t- I mean, I don't know. I don't think I think I, if Bridgewater stays healthy, I honestly don't think I think they win like five, six games. I think which I guess could be top ten. Um but they, I would shock be shocked if they won seven. Which would be a lot for that whole division to, to, to basically be right around five hundred, but it has been it has happened before. I just think with the Carolina Panthers, just before we go what into do you think about that, Matt? Um, do I think about the Panthers and the Falcons? Well, the Panthers, I, oh, yeah, and Falcons too. But you can go, yeah. Okay, as far as the Panthers go, um, I think Teddy Bridgewater, um, and this is from me watching him in five games last year that he started for us. I think he's a good quarterback. He's not going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose you it either. He's not going to go out there and just turn over the ball all the time. He's a very safe quarterback. And that's one reason why I wonder why they signed Robbie Anderson. That is not a good fit for Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't just typically just air out the ball. And don't get me wrong, him and DJ Moore is going to be a really good combination because DJ Moore, if I – Believe this correctly, he caught the most slant passes in the NFL last year. So yes, uh, he did. Yep. If you play fantasy, you would know that. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's going to be a really good, uh, really good uh, combo there. And of course, you got Christian McCaffrey. You can always dunk it down to him in the flats. Um, I'm waiting to see what Ian Thomas does at the tight end position. Of course, um, as far as their defense goes, of course, you have to worry about them with uh, the departure of Luke Keekley. I think that's going to hurt them a lot. Um, not, so, drafting Simmons was, not drafting Simmons will haunt them. I, we said that before. but Oh, yeah, I agree. Simmons is a fantastic player. Um, but, had, uh, you know. I think their defense is going to get hurt um, ultimately by that. I think their offense could be good depending on how Matt Rule uh, works it out. Um, but, uh, of course, you got McCaffrey and DJ Moore, of course. He's a really good wide receiver as well. So, that's – I don't think much of the Panthers, honestly. I think uh, five, six wins is fair. Yeah, okay. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with both, too. But also, too, because with the um, the Carolina Panthers defense right now, reminds me of the Bills defense a few seasons ago where they had expectations for it and they had some shiny moments. It's just they are still a very young defensive core as a whole. That's true. Yeah, and, and, and by you saying that, Griff, that agrees with kind of what we were saying and, and what um, Matt said about Luke Keegley. You don't know how – I mean, yeah, he didn't play a lot. He didn't play at all last year, did he? Uh, he played in a – I'm trying to remember what he did exactly, but – Games got hurt, I believe. You can look it up for me, but or we can look it up later. But, like, losing that's not just losing your best defensive player. That's losing a leader. You know, that's losing a – I mean, that's like we talk about our linebackers, like – they're not even on Luke Keekley's level, even though they're really good. Like, Luke Keekley was arguably the best linebacker in the game, or one of them, let's put it that way. So, I mean, ours were R2, but, like, you know, I'm just saying, like, that's – you're losing not 
just the you're losing the locker room presence and doing something in in Carolina. I don't know if that's uh, I, you have to. I don't don't quote me on that, but I I know he was supposed to he took over a role in some way. So I, I'd have to look that up. But um, but yeah, so that's just gonna, that's just going to be a bit a big factor. Um, Matt, do you th- what do you, how many wins do you think off the top of your head for for the Falcons? Uh, and to, and to and to uh, go to another point, Luke Keekley did start all sixteen games last year, so he was there. Oh, oh wow, I didn't know. Um, I but uh, as far as the Falcons go, um, just to kind of break them down the way I think about them, um, unrelated note in regards to fantasy. If you're looking for the next Chris Godwin, draft Calvin Ridley. Um, Could not Calvin agree Ridley's, more with you on that take. Yeah, I think I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a really good wide receiver and. That's one thing you really can't dispute about the NFC South. They have the best wide receivers in any division in football, um, mainly because two teams on here have two really good wide receivers. Um, I mean, uh, especially if you include Emmanuel Sanders in that, it'd be three. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they picked up Todd Gurley, which I think Todd Gurley could be good with the Falcons. It just really depends on uh, how he's feeling and how it goes. And, of course, he might not even play because he has gone on the record saying he does not agree with how the NFL is handling the COVID situation. That's true. That's uh, a good point. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. But, he, uh, the last I saw with that, sorry to cut you off, um, was with Todd Gurley that apparently he's on his way to Atlanta right now. So I don't know where he does his offseason training, but that is the um, – the last, like that's just the last updated report I saw because I saw the stuff about him potentially not playing, and then I saw the stuff about oh hey he's going to Atlanta because I saw some guy believe it or not on TikTok bitching about it saying like oh Todd Gurley may not be a man, but we'll we'll get into COVID in the NFL later. But um, the one thing I want to say quickly about the Falcons before we go back to Matt is um, I think best case scenario they're nine and seven, worst case scenario they're like five and eleven. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes sense. And uh, just to go back on the Todd Gurley thing, I think he was going to play anyways because he's on a one-year deal and he needs to show teams that he's worth the money. It's one of those things, Matt, I don't think he has a choice, unfortunately. Like, I feel him. I feel what he's saying. But, like, some people, you, I mean, how many people, I, I mean, I don't, if you have a job and your job's still open, how many people in this economy can, can, you, can, not, can afford to not work? I mean, I know the unemployment, but that unemployment just ended, actually. So, um, yeah. It's soon. I can't remember. So, like, um, the extra unemployment. But anyway, so yeah. So I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I I I, I all agree. I think early plays. Um, not saying that there won't be players that sit out, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so I guess now the, we can talk about the Bucks. You want me to go first? <laughs> um, before we go to the Bucks, guys, uh, I'm just gonna pause the recording for just one quick second, just because I'm just gonna double check my connection quickly, just so I can get off hotspot, so I can stop using my data. But uh, sorry, okay. guys, about that. We'll be yeah. back in just one quick second. And like I said before, we're now going to talk about arguably the team that broke Phil's and I's heart, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I only say that because you took our lifeline, you took our quarterback, you took the reason I watch NFL football away from me, and that is Tom Brady, and also to Rob Gronkowski decided to come out of retirement and play for you Um. guys. Um, (laughs) Sorry. It's all good, it's all good. Um, that one, on honestly, before we get into this, the Gronkowski going to Tampa stings more than Brady because Brady yep. leaving, like we kind of expected it, but for Gronk to come out of nowhere and go, yeah, I want to come play now. It's all of a sudden, it's like, um, then I'll okay. change. Uh. Yeah, it li- no, literally, that's literally <laughs> what I thought. Peter, I, I know it's okay, <laughs> but no, yeah, you're 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 right, Griff. You're right. Um, um, 
the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let Matt talk about this team because honestly, for a while, this team kind of was the punching bag of the NFC South. Um, fun fact: this team, for those of you who don't know, last year I saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as my family and I. Matt, that's one thing I'm not sure if you know or not, but my dad and my sister, huge New Orleans Saints fans, so I got to see a game at the Dome last year. Uh, I'd, heard, I'd heard about that. Yeah, they're one of the best sporting experiences ever. It is loud inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I want to see. That's a goal. I want to take my sister to see a Saints game. It's 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 amazing. I saw I saw a Falcons season opener game there one year, and it was crazy. That's my favorite stadium to ever be in to watch WrestleMania. I will go there every time it's there. So <laughs> I love that stadium. But so but, uh, week one, Bucks Saints. Like as soon as I saw the schedule, I'm like, um, Fox probably went to the NFL and being like, "Yo, give us this game because." We know how much people are missing football, and for people to see Tom Brady, this game's going to be a moneymaker for Fox. That needs to be a primetime game, bro. How they had to not flex that at this point, but whatever. That um, The only reason it's not is because the Sunday night football game week one is the Rams versus the Cowboys, and that's the opening of SoFi Stadium. That's the only reason. Uh, oh, yeah, that's If right. it I weren't just, for I, that, I think this game would have been Sunday night football. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I, look, I just literally looked at it, and I'm like, I wonder if that stadium's is, is it going to be ready by then? But anyways. I think, it's going to be SNF in week eight, though. Yes, in Tampa Bay. The, um, oh, okay, yeah, I got you, I got you. That's the one thing I love. There's two things I love about the schedule, man. I want to point out to you. One being that the Buccaneers now have five primetime games this season, which before I think they had the one last year, and that was that crappy game week two against the Panthers. And um, they play... The Patriots and the Bucks play only two times at the same time, so take what take 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 that for what you want. But well, here's a question. I think I said this before, but like the schedule came out, hey, your train or something. Yeah. Uh, I uh, the schedule came out after or before Brady, right or no? After Brady, but um, before we but, do like, that, right after, so they had to have changed the schedule, right? They had to have. Oh, uh, I don't. No, no, no. They did the updated schedule because they waited until the, after the draft to release it this year. But um, oh, Matt, right, but I'm, like, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they tweaked it for that, though. Okay, but Phil, I'm just going to cut you off for a second. But Matt, how competitive do you see this box team being this year? Well, when you we got to take into um, certain aspects of the Buccaneers. I mean, last year they were seven and nine with Jameis Winston, who of course went thirty for thirty. Of course, uh, I mean he threw like five thousand yards, but that's just because they had to come back all the time because he threw so many interceptions. Now you go to a quarterback who, of course, is not going to throw as many interceptions. So of course that's a huge upgrade in that sense. And of course they have one of the best head coaches in the NFL. I will say that. And Bruce Arians I always thought he was a great head coach, fantastic guy. Um, and of course you got to say. Um, if Tom Brady does not do good this year, he had well, I guess he does have the excuse of COVID, but he can't excuse his weapons. The media cannot say he does not have the weapons because no offense, guys. I know you guys are Patriots fans, but, I mean, the weapons were pretty lacking for him last year, and now he has uh, one of the best one-two wide receiver duos in the league and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who emerged last year, and I think Chris Godwin and uh, Tom Brady are going to have a really good connection. Um, that's just what I think, and... I think uh, the Buccaneers, you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel where they're going to uh, utilize the two tight end sets with uh, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, even some Cameron Braid in there because they have three really good tight ends. Throw in your two wide receivers. I don't really know how they feel about the running back situation with Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know who they're going to go with there. 
But uh, that's how I kind of feel about their offense right now. And I think this could be a really good team. It, a lot of it depends on how their O-line plays, which I think their O-line is about middle of the pack now. And I think their uh, their, their front seven's really good. I mean, it's really good. I mean, they had to kill Barrett getting all the sacks last year. They got the young linebacker in Devin White, a veteran, really good linebacker in Levante David. Um, their defensive uh, interior with Vitavea and Sue's really good. But their secondary is really lacking, and uh, I, I definitely saw that when Teddy Bridgewater was torching them last year. Well, they yeah, did. And, okay. before, sorry, Phil, but I was going to say they also, too, did have a very good uh, – they did add Antoine Winfield in the draft, but um, we got to see what he is because obviously he's a rookie. But also, too, they yeah. did have a guy named Quentin Hargraves who they decided to just get rid of for nothing to the Houston Texans because apparently of personal conduct issues. So – they're, they're, this The defense reminds me a lot of the Houston Texans. They're scary up front, but you can torch them easily in the backfield. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Y'all are, I mean, all your points, Matt, you were, I mean, God, man, I was like salivating as a sports fan. I'm like, you're killing it. Um, but the, to your point about Brady, um, I agree with what you're saying because he doesn't have, he didn't have weapons last year. I'm sorry that that upsets people, but he didn't. He had a beat up Julian Edelman, and he had a Nikhil Harry who was a rookie who I think is going to be good this year. But he was a rookie. Um, I know obviously there's rookie receivers that come out and ball, but he was not healthy either. So, um, but he did have the O line. We had a great O line. He had all day to throw and still couldn't find somebody to get open. So I I'm telling you, Brady is going and, I, and maybe I don't know. I've changed my tune. A little bit because I, you know, obviously was bitter. Brady is going to light up. He is going to kill it. I would. I, I probably won't draft Brady because then if I draft him, he'll he'll uh, retire. Um, but every every year I've ever had Brady in fantasy, it doesn't end well. So I probably will avoid him just for his sake. Um, but yeah, um, I think he's a top three fantasy uh, quarterback this year. I'm so high on Brady this year. Mike Evans. This guy is going through to what I just said. Sorry, I'm heated about this apparently or excited about this. Tom Brady is going to light it up. The key will be, like you said, the offensive line. Because I don't know the Bucks' offensive line. The one, if you, if there's anything that, that any position that you don't know if you don't really follow the team, outside of stats, right, like you said, middle of the road or whatever, it's the offensive line. Like, you don't know unless you, you know that quarter, unless your team play that team or you're like, you know, you know what I'm saying, and you know your D-line and stuff like that. Um, so that's the key. Like, he has to have time to throw. But, but, to that point, Brady doesn't have to have a great offensive line because, unfortunately, like we talked before, guess who's back? Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> if Rob Gronkowski is healthy, they are going to light it up. Now, they lose Gronk. I will say, okay, then maybe you know I don't know if they have that quick guy. Which I think Godwin's really fast. I think right. I don't. I know he's a great receiver, but I can't remember if he's like fast. Um, but yeah, so like Godwin, my boy. Mike Evans, <laughs> I love Mike Evans, and the fact that Brady—I've always wanted the Brady to Mike Evans. Fortunately, I wanted a New England uniform, but I don't get it, so I have to get it here. Um, and people ask me all the time, you know, are you going to be a Bucks fan? No, I'm a Pats fan, okay. But guess what? My quarterback is Tom Brady, and will always be Tom Brady. That is my favorite quarterback, and I'm going to—I don't—I'm not going to root against him unless, of course, it's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, then of course I would want the Pats to win. Um, by like a point at the end, uh, but yeah. So no, I mean, 
I'm passionate about Brady because I hate that stigma that he has, that he's a system quarterback. I want the pass to succeed, and I want Brady to succeed. I don't want the Bucks to win a Super Bowl because I don't want Brady to get – I mean, but if they won, I wouldn't be upset kind of thing. So, yeah, but like like you said, uh, Matt, the offensive line is, is huge. But at the same time, if Gronk – I mean, I know Gronk's lost a lot of weight. I have a lot of questions on Gronk. I don't think he's going to make it the full season, but I don't hope that he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not hoping he gets hurt. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be. And with COVID, like, is Gronk, like, partying? Or is he? I haven't seen anything. I do follow him on Twitter. But Gronk would party in the offseason. So is he still partying? I don't know. Um, that's the key. So, um, but, yeah, so, like, Gronk's a big key. And I think, I know they like, well, they have other weapons. But, you know, O.J. Howard's still good, you know. And and, and um, so O.J. Howard could be open. I mean, Gronk just, op- even if Gronk never catches a ball, he'll change the game in, in Tampa. I mean, he just did that. I mean, uh, later in his career in New England, he kind of was getting written off, if you could look at it, right? I mean, would anybody else agree with that? I, I kind of feel like the McDaniels playbook wasn't going to him until the playoffs, you know? They were saving him. They were like, you know, hey, we'll let you block, you know? So, um, and Griff could maybe comment on that, but that's beside the point. But, yeah, I, I like the Bucks. I I don't think they win the division because I just have questions there, and I, I just have more faith in the Saints overall because they, they're not new, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they got new players, obviously, but yeah, the Bucks, man. I'm telling you, bro. Like that Bucks Saints game, I'm all ears on that game. All ears on that game. All eyes, everything. Um, the oh, one yeah. thing, the, the two things. I well, sorry, start interrupting, Matt. We'll get to you in a second. The things I want to point out. I, I want to look up quickly how many times or what the average sack rate was. Uh, Tampa, the sacks allowed. They allowed about 2.9 sacks per game when New England only allowed 1.6. Tampa ranked 22nd in sacks allowed, so. Like their offensive, they also allowed forty-seven sacks last year, which I think was like in the top five, which is not somewhere you want to be. But um, I do agree with you. There was also one other sneaky weapon, and he was a rookie last year. But Scott Miller, he is like a he's like he's a Julian Edelman. I'm not saying he is Julian Edelman, but you know what? He's a slot receiver. He's white, and it's what Tom's used to. So I'm just saying, if all else fails, he's got Scott Miller there because you know. You know defenses are still going to... And also, too, the only thing I'm going to say for fantasy that pisses me off of the Bucks is I will have Mike Evans, and he'll have a great game. And then the next week, oh, it's Chris Godwin that has a good game. So if he can find consistency from a fantasy standpoint, it's going to work out better. And also, too, to your Gronk point, I kind of agree with you. But also, too, Gronk has not played a full 16-game slate since 2011. So just keep that in mind. I said that, right. Yeah. No, 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 he... Because he, because after that he had the arm issues and he tore his ACL in 2013, and then with concussions and stuff, he's just. If he can stay healthy, that team is a Super Bowl contender. If he can't stay healthy, then who knows? Here's the thing I will say about this, and I and I can't imagine because Matt Beast is right. Brian, uh, Bruce Arians is a smart guy, and they have you know other guys in the staff because Brady went for uh, they have I can't remember his name, but they don't know if it's a quarterback coach or something that worked with Peyton in Denver, I believe, or either in Indy, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so like they have him, but then but the thing, the key about that Gronk thing is this: Gronk with on that offense doesn't have to do everything. So he does like he can block, like he can be just there for a block. But guess what? You can't leave him open <laughs> because I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's the element that I was getting on at with Gronk is, and I love that in New England. I mean, later in the, like later, and if he's hurt, like obviously they don't they don't have that factor or whatever. But who you who are you going to? To cover more, the arguably the greatest, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Are you going to cover Mike Evans? Yeah, and that's going to be the key for defenses. And I think that's where 
like maybe later in the year teams figure it out, but I think that's like they're going to be a hot team early, and maybe they fizzle down. You know that kind. Of, you know they fizzle down towards the playoffs or something like that. Um, you know, i.e. the Ravens or something like that because they end up getting you know you know a higher seed or whatever. Um, which we also did not talk about. What uh, we will at one point. There's only one one uh, bye week team now, right? Uh, yes, there are. That's why it makes. That's why I'm more excited for the season as a whole. And Matt, you must be too. Which will um uh. He'll probably say yes in a minute. But, yeah, seven teams in the playoffs now, and then one bye is going to make things a hell of a lot interesting this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And, I, and I think that that's why when you said the seventh playoff team, or you didn't say that, but I was thinking that. I just didn't say it. The seventh play, playoff team is what is reason why I say like there's a better chance that three of the NFC South teams uh, make it. Um, and, I, I mean, it's not unreliable because literally – uh, it's happened before in, in the NFC, and uh, I think the I want to say that one year the Bears, Vikings, and Packers all made it, I believe. So I mean, it's happened before. Yeah, I mean, the main thing I hate about it the most the is uh, n- well, well, the fact that uh, only one team is going to get the bye week now, yeah. and uh, of course, um, getting the bye in the NFC is so hard because I mean, the Saints were thirteen and three last year and had to play in the wild card round. Right. You're right. So, it, it's it's just crazy, and uh, it's, but it's going to make it more important. It, but I do agree. Oh yeah. I agree with so on the, the two sides of it. I get what you're saying, Matt. The, that's the negative side of it, right? So the positive side of it is if you win, I mean, <laughs> it's that much better. But at the same time, I don't. And I actually like the buy less now in a sense of like if I'm the team, I don't want that buy. What does that buy do for you? In a sense, only if like maybe I mean, is he has certain teams like Saints probably could. Could benefit, I would think. Um, maybe the Niners in the NFC. I think in the AFC, I think obviously the Pats don't struggle coming off of a bye. I don't know. Maybe Kansas City would be okay. But like hot teams don't need, like if a hot team goes in, like the Ravens, it costs them. I, I called the game. Griff, you can uh, attest for me. Fellow listeners can too. I called the upset. The Titans would beat the Ravens, and I wasn't just BSing. And I was right. The Titans, I didn't think they were going to come in there and uh, hurt their feelings. But, I mean, they beat them because of that bye, because it cut, and essentially they're, uh, they rested. So I don't think you're going to get that. I mean, obviously COVID's going to change a lot of that. But, but yeah, I agree, Matt, like what I'm saying. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. I mean, obviously teams aren't going to be like, well, I don't want the bye. I'm going to lose. I don't, I'm not saying that. Um, but, it's, yeah, that, that, that one bye is going to be it's going to be huge. And I think it's even huger, even bigger. Whatever, even bigger in the uh, NFC, like you said, um, but it's, it's, it could be big too because you know what if there you know is a I mean I think there's more of a like two top teams that could probably really get for it unless Cam Newton goes insane, which we'll get to that. But um, yeah, but yeah, um, I do agree with like oh, fuck, I was interested in what you said, but this the whole seven team things make things interesting. And you know I, I've said this too before, and Phil. Yes, Phil's very first hot take on this podcast like six months ago was that the Ravens would lose to the Titans, and would you know, he was right. And uh, just so I'm going to – sorry, I'm going to jab real quick. Uh, for those of you that are following me on Twitter, when I say stuff and you say I don't know football, um, just eat it. <laughs> sorry. It's all good. Um, just eat it. But anyways, I love you all. I'm just kidding. What was I going to say? Um, but ultimately, there was one other point I wanted to reach out to the Saints. Um I know, uh, just going back to the Saints quickly, Matt, um, I know they lost A.J. Klein and Von Bell, but did they, I believe Dan Arnold's no longer on the Saints, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're correct. He's on the Cardinals. Okay, yeah. Another reason why. I did. The Cardinals are like my sweetheart team this year, like that bad team you want to see do good. 
Um, but all in all, too, the other thing I wanted to ask you quickly before we get into Cam was, do you see the Saints using Jameis at all, kind of like how they use Taysom, like in a decoy spot? Well, it's going to it's gonna work exactly the way it worked last year, I believe. Um, um, we need a uh, actual, quote-unquote, an actual backup to Drew Brees, like Teddy Bridgewater was last year, just in case yeah. Drew gets hurt. And Taysom's there to be that X factor. He's just there. He's not technically the backup quarterback. He is the, uh, hey, this is a guy I can just throw out there and do whatever with. But uh, they, they, they definitely use when um, – when Bridgewater had to play, his usage went way down because they needed to keep him healthy just in case Bridgewater got hurt. But uh, when you have all three, you can use Taysom at uh, at will and use him uh, open up the playbook for all the fancy plays you have for him in there. So I think Jameis is just there to uh, back up Drew Brees. I also think he's there for the Saints to just have him in the building because, I mean, after this year, who knows if Drew is going to be on the team anymore. And the – the tea leaves read that Taysom Hill is going to take over this team in the future, but if Jameis Winston, if you can fix his interception problem, this man has so much talent and potential. He could be one of the one of the top five quarterbacks, maybe, if you can ever fix that, if Sean Payton can figure that out and be like, hey, just don't throw this many interceptions and just it, it could work out that well. And I mean Jameis is younger than Taysom. Taysom's thirty one, if you don't know. And uh Jameis is just uh really good uh, guy to see and have in the building to see what you have there and have him compete with Taysom for the starting job maybe next year. And it does. And, and Matt, a great, great point again, Matt. I got, I mean, I'm sorry. I know it sounds like I'm <laughs> rubbing, you know, tooting Matt's horn, but like, no, I mean, I, honest to God, all right, well, look at last season. You, t- you said this. Okay. I mean, yes. Okay. Well, I'm looking right here at the stats. All right. Like, Jameis Winston led in every freaking category, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, every not completion percentage and, you know, all that. But his QBR rating was garbage, which – so so that's – I'm not defending him, so let me just preference that. But he – obviously they were behind and all that. But they were 7-9, and 7-9, and nine, and he led – you know, he obviously he had the most pass attempts, or he tied with Jeff, Jared Goff, actually um, – with most pass attempts, and of course he had the most yards because he had the most pass attempts. Um, but yeah, so like I'm not saying you know you know yards for average and all that, but I I think there's potential there. I agree. Look, let's not forget. Okay, let's not have quick memories, which we know uh, short term memory loss. Which let's be honest, is a lot of fans have. You know the whole Monday morning quarterback thing. Well, I feel like fans have a lot of like let's forget what happened <laughs> like years ago. Jameis Winston and Mariota balled when they came in the league. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong or am I right? Yeah. They ball. They, they they were really good rookies, um, and then they fell apart. <laughs> um, I you, I don't know if you point to that. Uh, I mean, I don't. My memory's not working that well. Um, but I I think honestly to God, I mean, you saw last year uh, Drew Brees uh, got hurt. What if he gets hurt again and they need a game manager for a couple of games? You know what I'm saying? Like now that Bridgewater was a game manager, but he pretty much was because you don't. I mean, he. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't need to. I mean, he wasn't a game man. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, not a full game manager, but he didn't have to do a lot. You would agree, right, Matt? Like, um, like so I think that, that with Winston, that could be if he has to come in and win. Let's say come in, comes in three games. Let's just say three games, and he wins all those three games. And like you said, um, it's not Taysom Hill. They saved Taysom Hill. Jason Winston, James Winston, if Breeze retires, could win the job. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and 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 really, like I said, those who knows what I mean, he could play the. I mean, the three worst teams in the league. It doesn't matter if he comes in and looks good. That's enough, I, in my opinion. I think that's enough. 
to work on him and then have a actual true offseason uh, to work on him if Drew Brees, even if Drew Brees goes one more year. You know, like I say, if, I think if Brees went, if y'all won, won it all, I think this would be it for Brees. But, you yeah. know, you never know. You never know. And, I mean, this will be the final point I make about it. Yeah. Um, if you look at it from Jameis's point of view, you are uh, coming off a bad season and uh, your value is has tanked. And you're a former first overall pick. Um, and you look at the teams out there that you can go to, and you see Drew Brees and Sean Payton. You can go to this team with a guy who you're friends with. Drew Brees and Jameis have been friends for quite a while. Right. And uh, you can go and learn from one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and one of the best head coaches in the NFL, especially offensive-minded coaches. And next year you could possibly compete with a guy who's thrown maybe less than 20 passes in the whole league. Uh, regular season passes. Um, I mean, you got to try that. You got to take that opportunity and try it. Even if you're just making two million dollars this year, you just don't know what could happen next year. Right, Matt. And I, and one more thing, one more point, based on what you just said, and people might be mad at me for saying this, and we don't have to go off on this, but that move to me is a hum- he had to humble himself and say, I've got to back be it back up to to move forward. Correct. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it worked out for Bridgewater. Nick is a great example. Now, I know that there, a lot of teams have blackballed him. I, I'm not saying they haven't. I'm not saying the NFL has not blackballed him, so I'm just going to say that. But Kaepernick won't start her money. Is that, am I wrong or right? He won't start, he won't you're, start you're, her money. He will not humble himself. Go ahead. I started there a bit, but sorry about that. But, yeah, you, you're right in the sense of Kaepernick. Um, the only other thing I look to for this Saints team is uh, for the airhead-loving running back to have a bounce-back season. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, if they can uh, – Kamara last year, he kind of played hurt all year. He just yeah, – he, he, he wasn't himself. There were plays where he would normally try to get by a guy or try to uh, break a tackle, and he would just go out of bounds. He wouldn't even try. And that's how, that's how you know, hey, look, this guy is not 100%. He is not feeling up to it. And, uh, I mean, we'll just have to see how it goes. And I think even if Kamara's not – 100%. You have to go to the Latavius Murray. There was a stretch of two games where, and if you started him in fantasy, you know Latavius Murray killed it. He was like the best running back in the league for a span of three weeks or something like that. I know that's not a very big sample size, albeit, but I mean, uh, we, need to, you know, we need to utilize the two running back system like we did with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram um, more. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and that's another one of those short-term memory losses. They forget that Alvin Kamara was good. Because <laughs> well, Alvin, Kamara, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, he's uh, to me, um, he's not as good of a runner as Christian McCaffrey, but uh, he definitely is a better route runner. He can go out there and uh, do uh, wide receiver routes. If you go back and watch. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings game, playoff game from a couple years ago, he made such a clutch touchdown pass. It was ridiculous how clutch he was with that touchdown pass. But, I mean, he's one of the best route runners at running back in the league. Uh, he's, he's a pretty good runner. I'm not going to say he's, like, super great at it, but he's pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I love Kamara. He's a great guy. I don't, I, But I don't know if he's on the team next season. Kamara? Yeah, Kamara. I, I really don't think he's on the team next season. Because if you if you look at this team, we got we have to resign two guys who are more important than Kamara to me. We got Ryan Ramchek, who's top five tackle in the league, and uh, we got Marshawn Lattimore, who's uh, a really great cornerback. I'm not going to say top five, but he's really good. Um, we we got to resign those two first. You could easily uh, argue. Sorry to cut you off. That yeah, Ram because Ram Ramcheck was ranked in the top 100 in the NFL, and if you're in there, you're a good, you're a good player to say the least. 
Oh, yeah. and on, and on, oh go ahead, Matt. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything else. I was just agreeing. Oh, I was going to say, and honestly, to that point, Matt, like, and that was a good point. Um, I mean, I didn't mean necessarily a hot take, but, like, it was, you know, it is, like, I've, I've been a firm believer in, like, you don't pay, like, if you want to really win a championship, um, I don't think you pay running backs a lot. And Kamara may have a great season. Maybe so. Let's say the Saints win in this scenario. Saints win it all. Kamara is a big part of that. I'd probably let him walk if I'm them. <laughs> you know, like you get your Super Bowl, Drew Brees is retired, and you know, or you know, let's just say he retires in this scenario. I know this is what ifs and everything, but I, I like I just don't. I mean, you don't. I don't know. I, I don't pay a running back a lot. Maybe he takes a pay cut. That's fine. But I just yeah. if they have to pay him. I, I just don't. If he wants to get paid and he deserves it, that's what he wants. You know, go get your money. I'm not saying that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like the other the other running backs, but uh, Derrick Henry and, and others. So, um, I just I would let somebody else pay for him. I, I would. That's just my. That's just my. And- and we can extend this to like a short other thing um, too is uh, the salary cap situation with the NFL. I mean, it's right, going to be yeah. a flat. It's going to be a flat cap next year. It's yeah. not going to go up at all. So you're not going to be able to pay these guys what they want because every year these top players want to reset the market and make more yeah. money, more money, more money. And you're able to do that because the cap keeps increasing. But now it's going to be a flat cap. It's not going to go up. It's going to stay at one ninety eight point two million. I think it is right now. And yeah, yeah, it could you. be that way for a while. Amazing point, Matt. Very good point. Tell, tell that to Dak Prescott that the cap's not going up. Um, uh, <laughs> but, no, because I, I did see the free agency list for next year, and it is a lot of potential running backs. Derrick Henry was obviously taken off that because he just did resign with Tennessee. But the two big names for running backs in there is um, Kamara and Fournette. The, I just want to ask quickly, because I'm trying to remember, I'm having a brain fart. Was the stretch of games with, because uh, Kamara, I remember he had two really good games last year. One was against Seattle, and the other was against Tennessee, mm-hmm. which I was in the consolation final, and I was thinking to myself, why couldn't you have done this last week to get me to the finals? That, that's just that's from a fantasy standpoint. But the um, Murray, the, was the Murray stretch when he had those few good games when he was the best? That was like mid-October, right, when right as Breeze was about to come back. So like, I think it was the game against the Bears, the Cardinals, yep. and then right before their bye week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that was uh, it. Yeah, because yeah, I remember they had the, the game against the Bears, and I think they played pretty well against the Cardinals, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Phil. Yeah. New England's got a new quarterback, man. Give us your thoughts. They do, they do. And and I actually feel bad because I didn't uh, – uh, I haven't listened to – I forgot that I, I haven't finished – I haven't gone back to finish you and Big Rat stuff, so if I repeat – anything you said um, i apologize to the fans that's that's my not me doing my homeworks but i just wanted to talk i told grip to give me a few minutes just just to you know kind of let you guys know how i felt about the whole cam thing um since i haven't been on since uh since that happened um i mean early on we talked about this i can't exactly remember how i how i like worded it of, of how i felt um but i said i just there was question marks with cam um but i did i do i did say this before and i said i'll say it even now I'm just not a big fan of his, but that's like more of like on a not a personal level, but you know, like you know, some of the guys you just like and other guys you just don't. Um, Cam's just a guy I just never really liked. I just thought he was cocky and never really did anything <laughs> until he won the MVP. Then, then he kind of shut me up. Um, but looking at his stats, like I guess like once he's on your team, you kind of like overanalyze things and you go looking for answers like like prove me wrong but if you look at my tweet you can go back now this is true you can look at my tweet when he got signed and literally my retweet was um actually my friend ended up breaking the news shout out to curtis uh to me because i wasn't on twitter that night um and then i went to twitter and, and and saw it but uh 
uh, I just put, I said, interesting. We'll see. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't sure where they were going with this. And now, but now after seeing the deal, I love the incentive deal. I love it. Literally, the risk that the Patriots are doing to literally get either a guy that's not healthy and they can cut him or a MVP quality quarterback just like that for literally nothing. I mean, incentives, of course, are going to make it more uh, if, because if he's ends up being good. Um, literally the most Patriot move ever. <laughs> First of all, when they announced the news, too, they, they announced it. I don't know if it's a coincidence. I'm going to say coincidence. But if it not, it was a genius move at <laughs> the same time as the penalties for uh, their stupid Bengals thing that I'm not even going to get into. Uh, and no one has talked about that hardly. So, I mean, I've seen a couple of tweets saying, hey, hey, we're not going to talk about this. Nope, nope, Cam Newton. <laughs> so they run with the Cam Newton stuff. So I don't know if that was planned or not. But Bill Belichick is someone that I can see doing that. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I, I love, honestly, honest to God, I love it because there's no risk involved in this. Like, there's zero risk. And I, and the reason why I was like, well, yeah, there is because then you have to sit them. No, 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 no. We were going to have to sit them anyway. So my thing is, I think, I don't know if they, if, if Belichick wanted Cam all along, like that kind of thing is where I kind of question. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you sign him early on? But you don't know the ins and outs. You don't know if Cam Newton's agent, uh, Cam had told his agent, this is what I want. Oh, I want a starting job or I want, you know, maybe at the end he decides I want to compete. Anybody, sign me. I'll, 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 I don't even care what the contract is. And I kind of feel like I'm not, I mean, I don't know if you would say like, you know, I'll sign for free. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I do think that Cam either changed his mind or finally the New England was like, okay, here's a last-minute offer. If you'll take this, we want you. And Cam said, heck yeah. So I, I don't know that. You don't know the ins and outs. I only know what Cam has said in his YouTube videos. But, man, Cam – and I've watched this. Obviously, like I said, I'm not a fan of Cam. I wasn't before. But he's on my team, so I, I just want to be transparent. But he's on my team now, so I'm going to, like, follow him on Twitter. I'm going to look on YouTube and watch him and get to know him as a player and – while yes, he's still you know he'll probably still be cocky Cam on the on the field. He's looks he's just looks more motivated than ever, and I have to be optimistic. Like I said, he could get hurt. That's an option. But if he gets hurt, Jared Stidham comes in and we see what we, what he has. Okay, and and I think that that's okay. I, I love the move. I love the move because when it happened, how it happened, and everything that came together, and the fact that he can't wait. He even said this in a YouTube video. Apparently, it's a podcast. But I saw it in a clip that he posted. Um, I want to listen to the podcast, but I haven't done it yet. But between him, uh, Todd Gurley, and, and OBJ, and he says he, t- he looks to OBJ and tells him like I'm going to change Josh, Ma- I'm going to open Josh McDaniels' playbook like e- never before. And he goes, "No respect to the goat. He's the goat. We all know that. But I'm going to open his playbook like never before." And I believe that, and I like that confidence in Newton because guess what? You've got a lot to prove, and so does Bill Belichick. Sounds like the greatest combo that you can have, right? If it don't work, it don't work. But guess what? You didn't lose anything trying. Like, so, I mean, I love it. Like, I think it makes us a playoff team easily, and I think I already thought we were going to win the division. Call me biased. I don't give a crap. I don't trust anybody else in the AFC, so you can trust them all you want. Now, guarantee they win the division. If Cam Newton is healthy, we're winning the damn division. And I don't care if you think I'm cocky or not. So, (laughs) but no, anyways, if you look at his stats, I will say that. Let me throw stats out there. I know people don't like stats, but for stats, guys, you can now listen. Everyone else can cannot listen. I don't care. Shout out to Danny who doesn't like stats that much. Um, <laughs> we were talking the other night. Uh, yeah. So can't. I mean, he literally. Well, I look at the stats because I remember saying like, I don't know. He just kind of fell off. He didn't really fall off. If you look at Cam Newton's stats, he didn't really fall off. Um, he didn't have an MVP, an MVP college year, but he only led. Not led. 
he only had 17. I, I've got the stats. I don't have the stats right in front of me. But he only had like 16 or 17 was his highest interception total for his career. So, and it might even be lower than that, but I think it was like 16 or 17. I'll look it up in a minute. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I know I'm a Patriots fan. You're going to call me biased. Oh, you didn't like him before. No, I did not like him before, and he still has to prove it to me. But if he ends up being good and he proves himself, which is what he's saying he's going to do, he put, I guess put up or shut up, you know, as we always do in football, put up or shut up. Like, if you're going to talk a game, you better play that game. And that's how I feel. You can talk all you want as long as you do it on the field, uh, as long as you back it up on the field. I love trash talkers. I trash talk in fantasy and and, and, and sports and everything on here and all that. So, um, but yeah, that's my quick rant on Cam Newton. I'm I'm optimistic. I love it, um, and I love it for for Jared Sinem because guess what? We'll still find out if he's the guy whether uh, whether or not, or we'll keep Cam and get Cam for a couple years, or and then get to draft someone else behind behind him. And and Sinem isn't the guy, so I love it. Okay. Um. If you don't mind, I'm going to put my two cents in. Go uh, ahead. We need, it, like, we need an unbiased uh, go ahead because Big Rat's not, not but Big Rat's just, just as biased as we are, so go ahead. Okay, yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, and I mean, I've watched Cam Newton for quite a while. I watched him in college. I watched him in college with his Heisman uh, campaign. Then he went to the Panthers. I was like, well, now i got to hate the guy. <laughs> right, um, yeah, right. Uh, of course, he came into the league. He had a really good rookie year, even though it didn't really translate to success. And it didn't really translate to success until about two years later. And um, you, you, you are um, about right. Oh. 17 is rookie year, which was his highest total, but only oh. one off. So, I mean, okay. it's not that big of a deal. Um, the main thing I would be worried about if I was a Patriots fan with Cam Newton is, of course, I mean – you got to get the guy in the building to see what you have there, of course. Um, but this guy, um, I saw him in a game against the Saints. I think it was about 2018, something like that. And his, he was just so broken down, man. I mean, the Panthers should have won that game because the Saints played like trash that game. It was some Thursday night football game, and I freaking hate Thursday night football games because they always end up trash, especially for the Saints. But um, sorry, the ad was going off. I hope y'all didn't hear that. But uh, I mean, Cam Newton literally could not throw the football. Like he was just having such difficulties, and of course, that's been about two years removed now. So maybe he's better, maybe he's not. We'll have to wait and see how that goes out. Yeah, Yeah, he was hurt, and but I mean. That's the story you see with these quarterbacks who are uh, these rushing guys. And, I mean, most people thought, oh, Cam Newton, he's this huge guy. He's definitely got the body built for this. But, I mean, when you're rushing the football that many times, I mean, this guy's rushed like almost a 1,000 times in his career. He at least rushes it 100 times a, a season for the most part. He just takes a lot of hits and bruises and batters. But, I mean – Best case scenario for the Patriots is this turns into a Michael Vick Eagle situation where they get him in the pocket, get him throwing the football. And that's the main thing I'm wondering about because, like, who's he going to throw to? Maybe Nikhil Harry turns out to be that guy that got drafted. Maybe that turns out to be him, but, but uh, I, don't, I don't really see Cam Newton really going to a Julian Edelman type of uh, receiver. But uh, we just got to wait and see. That's a good point, Nick. How- I, 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 I was, I was interrupting you right there. I, that's another concern that I've had too because I, I I think you know obviously a healthy Edelman helps, but Cam just I mean obviously Christian McCaffrey, but he didn't have much you know with Cam, yeah. with Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's not much uh, receiving help at the back. I mean, you do still have uh, James White there, which he's a fantastic receiving back, don't get me wrong. So I guess you could use him as a uh, secondary weapon for Cam Newton, but um, that'd be the main thing I'd be worried about is getting weapons to surround Cam Newton and uh, try not to rely too much on him running the football because I think you need to uh, try to uh, get him throwing the football more often and trying to stay in the pocket at this stage in his career. And I agree with that. Um, I think you need to limit his running, and especially in the, if you don't need it in the regular season so he can break it out in the playoffs. Um, so I, I would agree with that. Um, plus, you want to protect him. I mean, right? I mean, I agree with that, Matt. Um, and we have an offensive line that can do that. Also, right. Sonny Michelle's a good. Uh, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, so we have an offensive line that can protect him, so there's no need. He shouldn't have to run a lot of the times, obviously. I mean, sometimes he will, and, and hopefully he's smart about that and knows that he can run out of bounds and, and stuff like that. But like you said, that is the issue with uh, with that. But one thing about Nikhil Harry that I love even more, already working out with Cam Newton. Love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, Cam Newton, I don't know if Cam Newton reached out or Nikhil Harry reached out. That's perfect. Now it does, okay, well now, well, where's Edelman? So maybe it's Newton and Harry, and Edelman's just kind of a secondary guy. Maybe Edelman's on his way out, and that would make me cry too. But <laughs> go to Tampa. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, I agree. I, it, but I will say it, the tight end position, we drafted two tight ends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to butcher his first name or his last name, but uh, ACI, is that IC? I can't say it. But uh, it's, it starts with A. It's like ACI or something like that. That's Devin, uh, I, uh, Phil, I'm going to cut you off. Uh, two, well, two things. Um, Matt, I believe that was the Thursday night game against the Steelers when Carolina got their butts whooped, right? Uh, it was a Saints game. I oh, remember it being a Saints game. Oh, Saints game. I always think back to the Panthers when they got their asses handed to them on Thursday night football. That's all. Um, okay. And to Phil's point, the two receivers they drafted was Devin Asai and Dalton I- Keene. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I say I, I can't say his name, <laughs> but yeah, you got it. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, you don't know what they have, but like a tight end was Cam Newton was big. Um, I don't look. I know you might know his name, Greg Olson. <laughs> so, um, so he was he was he likes the tight end position clearly. So I think um, that could be a key uh, a key factor as well. But good points, man. I mean, that's a good, very unbiased point. Those questions you raised are very, very, very real, and that's the questions that I have as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even though, of course, I'm optimistic. I mean, that I did go on an optimistic rant, but I mean, I, I am realistic as well. So yeah, you got to be optimistic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the way though it turns out in the best way. But I, I, like I said, I think oh, I'm sorry. No good. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, like, like I said, I just think the best case scenario is it's a Michael Vick on the Eagles situation. That's good. I mean, that's. I mean, so what was that? Would you say best case scenario they make the playoffs or something? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, uh, not really like um, standing-wise, just player performance-wise. I got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. I still view this season as Pandora's box, though, where, because we don't know what cam we're going to get, like, that's, it has me both scared and intrigued to where I don't know what's going to happen. I don't say scared in the sense of, like, oh my god, I'm scared shitless, it's just, you're, I'm preparing myself for anything. Does that make any sense to the both of you? No, I, I mean, I would honestly, Griff, at this point, I expect nothing. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't have real expectations because I expect anything could could happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, in 2020, anyway, anyways, and being, I know I'm being funny, but I agree with you. What you said, Griff, like, I can see Cam Newton taking us to the Super Bowl and winning. I can see Cam Newton getting hurt and Jared Stenham taking us to the Super Bowl and winning. 
I could get see Jared Stem coming in and sucking ball. You know, I mean, I just feel like the, the season. I could see a team winning that we no one no one talked about winning the Super Bowl just because they just happened to go on a run. You know, it, we've seen that happen before, correct? Right. So in a non COVID ways in a non COVID season, so um, we've seen teams come out of nowhere. So not out of nowhere, but like you know, we they weren't favored. So let's put it that way, kind of thing. I know I, I exactly agree with the both of you. Um, since we've been talking for so long here, I know unfortunately, guys, we had some technical issues throughout the podcast. So I'm going to go back and edit those. Um, is there any other focal points the two of you would like to bring up tonight? Um, just quickly, because I know both of you guys are heavily involved. And I say heavily involved. You guys root for schools in the SEC. I'm just trying to sound fancy. <laughs> Do you think college football? I don't know. I don't expect it to start in about a month from now because. The um, well, the one thing too is because if college football starts, and and Matt will probably be able to speak to this a lot too, it will show the whole narrative that yes, college football athletes are not there. Are, the student athlete narrative goes out the window if they're if they are playing, but campuses are still closed. I mean, I think to be honest, and I've said this off podcast, I've said this to several people. Whether we have school or not, not high school and like all that kind of stuff, but college, whether college goes to school or not, is based on the college football season. I will say that. I don't care. It is for big schools. And if you don't disagree, that's fine. But that's where the money is. And so that's going to decide. So if they go to school, if they're going to go to school, college football will happen. So that's just the issue. Um, will it happen in the fall? Maybe it gets moved to the spring. I did hear somebody, I think Urban Meyer talked about that. Um, I don't know if that's any, there's any like weight behind that. Um, so I could see them moving the season or delaying the season a little bit, but you're gonna if they if any kids are going back to physical school, not just online, physical school, they have to uh, like that has to happen in order to have college football, or else they would bury it. Um, like you would college football would die because you can't have college football and then tell people they can't go back to school. You just can't do it. <laughs> in my opinion, Matt, I don't know what you think, but yeah, I mean, uh, of course. These colleges definitely want these games to go on. But, I mean, you're not going to have the fans in the stands, which that's a huge part of your revenue. So, I mean, that's just going to hurt you anyways. Of course, I mean, you get teams trying to pay money to play games against other teams, of course, which, I mean, that could still be a factor. I'm not sure how much of a factor it could be. But uh, I think out of any of the sports, college football is probably the most likely to not have a season. If I had to take a guess, I'm not following that often because I'm not really excited about college football because my team's are Arkansas Razorbacks and they suck. <laughs> and the Gamecocks suck too, but I still love college football. So. Yeah, I, I still love college football as well, and I, I hope I hope they can figure out something. But I think that presents the most problems because it has way more teams in the NFL, the MLB. Uh, NBA, there's just so many players on each team, and it's just hard to monitor all that. And here's the thing I forgot about this, Matt, until you said something. I don't know if they've gone back on it, so please don't comment below or whatever and, and say, you idiot, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, as far as I know, they have not, but the Big Ten actually already announced they're not playing anyone out of conference. I forgot about that. Big Ten um, and the ACC. Yeah, I, I remember seeing something like that. So, what did you say, Griff? Big Ten and the ACC. Sorry to cut you off, Matt. ACC did announce that officially. I believe so. Okay, I knew it was rumored. So that basically, so I think that's probably going to be the theme. I don't know how you crown a national champion that way, but whatever. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how you do that, but um, I guess you could still do it. I guess it could still work. I don't know. I guess you pretty much do that now. I guess. 
Um, so I don't know about. I would, we can go to the end of that. So that. So if, if that's true, then you have ACC and the and uh, and the Big Ten. Another point to that uh, would be that for for me because I'm a Gamecock fan. But if you're a fan of uh, of another team, it might work too. Clemson fan, whatever. Uh, this would be the first year if that happens. The first year in Clemson and and Carolina's rivalries history, like hundred year history, by the way, that they haven't played each other. So. That that that's I don't know if you know this, but in my state in in South Carolina, that's all people freaking care about. Clemson, Carolina, that's all they care about. Obviously, you know Clemson's now been in the national title hunt, you know, and stuff like that. Most people don't care. I mean, they care about national titles, obviously. But I'm saying like that's where before Clemson did that, that's all care anybody cared about, which is kind of that's another rant I could go on. But so that's that's huge. So you know, is it worth doing college football if you're number one? You know, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. And uh, the only other thing I have to say, guys, is there any other points either one of you want to reach on for today? Because I just see we're we're already coming up to the 90-minute mark. We've already been talking for about an hour and 23 minutes here. Is there anything else either one of you want to talk about today? Um, we can I, I can cap it off with that. I don't really have much else to uh, add at this time. Yeah, I mean, it went wow, 90 minutes. It flew by. Like I got I mean, I looked at the come a couple of times, but I couldn't remember when we started. So that's that's awesome. But yeah. I, yeah, as far as I'm just trying, to, I mean, I, the college, you, we covered college. That was good to bring that up because um, I did want to bring that up. Uh, but one thing I will say, one, well, I guess I'll end on this related with college. Um, it, whether they have a season or don't have a season, one thing that I think would be intriguing either way is so what happens to those prospects? What happens to Trevor Lawrence? Does he sit out or does he play in the NFL? You know, so. Does he is he in the draft? Do, is there an NFL draft, or do they like get those? Although every last play senior another year of eligibility, so that's that's going to be very another interesting factor. Yeah, so, I, mean, I feel like the main the smart thing would do would be is to give them a choice. Is they can go if they want to, and they can get another year of eligibility if they want to. But if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm gone. Oh yeah, and that one hundred percent. And I asked a, a Clemson fan, my big, the biggest Clemson fan that I know, and he said the same thing. You, he's gone, and that, and you have to do that. I mean, you can't blame Trevor Lawrence. So because right. because you know that um, the one thing I wanted to add too, and I think both of you will agree with this: if college football does a spring season, do you think the NFL is going to move the draft and the combine back? Absolutely not. Oh no, they would have. They'd have to. No, 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 I don't think. Do you think? Do you really think the NFL would want to delay the start of their season for twenty one? Though, if college football does move back in the spring, though, that's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. That's. I mean, uh, I mean, I get no. Griffey, make a good point. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'll be honest. I just don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it would I don't, really depend on how, how long. Draft, how do you draft players that didn't play? <laughs> yeah, it would also depend on how long whatever spring. A season they planned on doing would be, and then the NFL would probably push it back as far as they could. It could yeah. Maybe, maybe you see it like a summer draft, maybe in like a July, maybe, right. maybe June. Yeah. It just depends on uh, how long uh, a renewed season would be. That's a good point. Okay, that's that's the only thing I just thought with that. That's all. No, that's a good point, Greg. Very good point, actually. I just don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know the answer to give you. <laughs> yeah, me either. All right, well, guys, it's been, a, it's been a blast talking to the both of you today. It was great to get your thoughts. Matt, did you have a good time here on the podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. It was it was awesome to come on here and talk some football with you guys. No problem. Yeah, Matt. Matt, you're welcome anytime. I, I'm speaking, I can't speak for both of us, but you're welcome uh, back anytime in my, in my book. And 
definitely come back in a prediction, so uh, right, Griff? Yes, I'm gonna have you guys. I will definitely have both of you guys back. Um, just for all the viewers, listeners out there, I say viewers because it's on YouTube. You can view the little logo for like the hour and a half, an hour twenty six, hour twenty seven, how long this is on YouTube. But you know what, guys? I want to do a huge prediction show. So Matt, Phil, you guys are welcome on that too. I'm gonna try to get as many people as I can for that. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to this podcast, episode 20 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. And as football season gets closer and closer, expect to hear my voice along with many others a lot more. Good night, everyone. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.